Thank you for joining IAB There. And now your host, Angelina Ng. Over to you, Angelina. Thank you. Uh, today is July 20th. Uh, I'm Angelina Ng, VP of Measurement and Attribution here at the IAB and IAB Tech Lab. Um, welcome to IAB, uh, IAB There, our daily live stream in which we connect the digital advertising ecosystem. On today's topic, we're going to talk about the state of video measurement with my special uh, guest and uh, colleague here at the IAB and IAB Tech Lab, Eric John, Senior Director of Digital Video Center of Excellence, and Ahmed Shetty, Senior Director of Product at IAB Tech Lab. Uh, let's welcome them both. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, All right. Good. So we're, we're talking about my favorite topic, which is about measurement, and specifically the state of video. I know that the both of you uh, uh, have uh, uh, been uh, focusing on video for, for uh, several years now. And so I wanted to kind of uh, start the conversation uh, uh, and direct it to you, Eric. This is more of like, we're all co-hosts, so um, lots of back and forth conversations between the three of us. But Eric, um, with the Video Center of Excellence, uh, I know that you've been speaking to a lot of members and uh, you have the uh, television uh, campaign uh, that uh, is, is uh, steered by uh, by, uh, by IAB. Can you talk a little bit about what you're hearing from your members as well as some of the uh, companies out there? Sure. Well, so if uh, if you're a publisher or a buyer, you probably know that the uh, um, IAB Newfronts just finished up, God, what is it, about almost three weeks ago now, seems like a, a million years but what was amazing to see in that marketplace of uh, now uh, virtual event was how many publishers that presented were talking about, you know, audience targeting um, and in particular, the ability to reach incremental audiences. So, you know, especially in these days when buyers are so attuned to efficiencies and um, being able to nimbly move and, and connect with consumers wherever they are. A lot of publishers are are pivoting to that ability to reach, you know, to help those buyers and brands, you know, connect with their audiences. And so, the big picture is is that you know we all saw with pandemic a ton of of viewing behavior shifting towards streaming, and what that opened up as a reality is that you know you can't reach your audience in the way you used to if they're streaming they're probably a good percentage of them are probably not watching linear anymore or cutting the cord. So I think now we're in this moment where brands and buyers need to be able to understand, you know, for their spend, are they seeing an audience or connecting with an audience in addition to their linear TV spend, in addition to their digital video spend? It's now a, a mandate essentially to understand your, the efficiency of your buy across all platforms. So totally amped up need for measurement as, as you'd expect. What's interesting though, uh, I, I think with linear and digital is that uh, incrementality is very important, but also I think that the, uh, if you think about user behavior and how they use digital uh, channels versus the linear channel, sometimes they're two different behaviors and, and, and you know, we talk about incrementality a lot, but I also think that there's a, a necessity to continue the story, if you're a linear consumer, continue the story of communications in a digital fashion and perhaps not repurpose 
your traditional uh, television spots and cater it a little bit more towards the digital environment so that uh, it's more of a well-rounded uh, uh, communication, if you will. That, that, that's my opinion. So I, I, I sometimes look yeah. at, you know, the, the, you know we, we have advertisers that spend on, on linear, but uh, some, sometimes the message is, is more reinforced when, when they're in the, on the digital side. So it's a, it's a complement and not necessarily always an incrementality question. Yeah, it's not enough to reach that incremental audience. You have to reach them with the right message. And I think that's the other thing that the pandemic has highlighted is that, um, you know, the ability for brands to pivot with the right messaging. Initially, it was, you know, we've got your back, cue in the piano music. But now it's actually different products for different states, different levels of opening up, different levels of now receding back into lockdown for some states. So it is really critical to be able to be opportunistic, nimble, agile in your creative. I think the television commercial is going to be, you know, there's going to have to be a rebirth, a rethinking of what that means. And, and so, Amit, you know, this is, this is where you come in. Because being able to serve that right creative to the right audience all depends on the right protocols. And, um, you know, I know you've been working a lot in the, in, the, in the tech lab and evolving how we do that, how we not only serve, but also measure and understand engagement. Yeah, for sure. And, and before I get, talk a little bit about the standards, uh, a quick comment on your uh, uh, comment about uh, adjusting to the right uh, uh, kind of creatives. I thought it was very impressive how quickly a lot of the brands switch from uh, uh, the you know the pre-COVID uh, 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 you know ads to uh, the whole de delivery mode, uh, the, a whole whole lot of things that just changed from the come together to yeah we, we, we might be apart but we, we we've got this kind of uh, uh, mode too. So I definitely love that. Uh, from a uh, uh, standards point of view, absolutely agree. Uh, Obviously, it's uh, uh, it, for any any uh, technology to scale. Standards are, are going to be a key part of that. Uh, if you want to go beyond just the one, you know, couple of uh, uh, players that that can get the, anything done, and that I think is where uh, 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 the changes to the uh, video standards recently. Uh, when I say recently, as a couple of years, uh, have really come into play, right? So. Vast uh, VPAID and all those have been around for a long, long time. Uh, uh, and it's only in the last few years that we have really been uh, re-architecting, uh, to, to steal a term from a different initiative, uh, the, 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 those technologies uh, to uh, re truly support uh, uh, the new world, uh, uh, better support CTV, better support, in fact, even mobile uh, uh, and so on to, to be able to do that. Uh, I'd say uh, there are probably a couple of things that come to mind when we talk about that. Uh, one is uh, uh, just VAST itself. You know, VAST is a great uh, uh, great way to deliver uh, uh, your metadata, but it also contains a whole bunch of uh, 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 beacons and uh, uh, impression pixels and so on, which are key to be able to measure regardless of what the client is on. And uh, I think that, uh, uh, especially on the CTV side, that has been a great uh, first step uh, to get people uh, uh, some really useful uh, uh, measurement uh, uh, going. Uh, now, obviously, we got to go beyond that, uh, to, uh, not just the, uh, you know, the the measurement of the uh, uh, your uh, quartiles and such, but go beyond that to viewability and things uh, uh, things uh, as such. And then that I think is where uh, historically we've used VPAID. Uh, 
which uh, I think the entire industry has a great uh, love-hate relationship going <laughs> with, right? Uh, and that, but that has a number of challenges. Uh, uh, the least of which being the, the the black box nature of it. Uh, so we've been moving at the tech lab. We've been moving towards a uh, uh, towards moving away from prepaid to open measurement. So open measurement has been uh, around for uh, again for a year, uh, I think a year or two. Uh, initially started off as a project focused on mobile, which has obviously a lot of similarities with CTV uh, in many ways. Um, but and uh, we have a very uh, very well baked uh, solution for iOS, Android, and and such. But and uh, we are going to release a uh, open measurement for web uh, in 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 short order. Uh, CTV is still a slightly bigger uh, challenge to get uh, uh, to, uh, to 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 you know, come, come past. Uh, but that's one of the things that we are talking about right now in the open measurement uh, working group. Uh, you now, trying to figure out what what can be done uh, across the variety of platforms. Uh, unlike mobile, which have mainly two uh, platforms in CTV, you have a whole bunch of uh, platforms going. So you got to figure out what can be done all those uh, all those various platforms. Yeah, so let's take a step back. So for those that are listening that aren't too familiar with, you know, what VAST and VPAID is, can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit, what are the differences and, and what are the benefits? And I know, Eric, you, you helped to put together some collateral on the benefits for publishers versus buyers versus consumers. So what do you, what do you see as, as the primary benefit and what do, what do brands need to know about VAST um, um, and um, what should they do? Do I take that or Amit, do you want to pick that up? Yeah. Oh, uh, so, sure, sure. So, uh, so uh, good, good. So we we really wanted to un- help explain what what the business side needs to understand about Vast. And I think, you know, as we were just talking a couple minutes ago about the imperative for brands and buyers to understand which creative is being served where. The new version of uh, VAST supports something that, um, you know, maybe a little bit in the weeds, but there's a critical bit of metadata called ad ID. And so the, the latest version of VAST supports this. It's a creative identifier called ad ID that enables a lot of, it, it can basically power a lot of goals that brands and buyers have been looking to achieve. Think about frequency management. Think about understanding, um, you know, optimization, if you are not providing detail on which creative is serving where, you're, you're flying blind. And so this is a huge, huge um, value prop for Vast in being able to understand creatively what's showing up where and then optimizing against that. Frequency, reach, the whole gamut can be more powerfully managed with, uh, with the ad ID. So that's just one thing. And then the other thing that we talked a lot about was Vast supporting um, server-side ad insertion. And so what that really enables is a much more TV-like commercial experience, supporting big, big files are called mezzanine files. But um, so being able to support the publisher's serving of that in a much more seamless CV, uh, TV-like experience is another huge upside for adoption of, of 4.0. I'm sure I'm leaving off What's a lot. So going back to the universal ad ID, uh, I had reached out to Harold Geller, who who oversees uh, ad ID org. And uh, uh, interesting stats is that predominantly, especially between medium and large size advertisers, uh, a good majority of them do the leverage universal ad ID, but for traditional linear uh, sense, right? 
And so that hasn't really translated uh, down to the digital team. And I do think that it's really important for brands to know that uh, uh, that many of their platforms support the insertion of a universal ad ID uh, within their ad servers, within their programmatic platform. And so it's just a matter of providing that universal ad ID over to your ops team to then be able to have that transmitted across the, the, the digital ecosystem. And it does make uh, it does help publishers identify who the advertisers are, uh, which commercials are running. And also for those that actually vet through these, these spots, um, it enables them to approve creative much quicker. So a uh, real big advocate of the universal ad ID. I think the latest stat that, that, that Harold had sent to me was that approximately 85% of large uh, organizations have uh, used the universal ad ID and medium-sized companies about 75%. Um, I think the challenge with universal ad ID is at the local level. So a lot of local TV spots um, aren't actually indexed within when that, and, and as also the scalability of being global. So that is something that I think uh, we'll hear more about uh, from, the, uh, from, from the ad ID organization. Amit, your perspective? Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. In fact, in fact, right now we are uh, having a conversation in the video working group around how to better support ad ID. I think that everyone, agrees that uh, having the uh, universal identity is useful, but we are we have been seeing uh, not enough uh, adoption. And so we're trying to figure out, uh, and for, for all the reasons that you just mentioned, right? So uh, you know, the, the transition from linear to digital, uh, uh, not completely uh, uh, getting all the, all, the, all the good practices also uh, as we move, move in. Uh, but, and the other part is definitely the local, uh, uh, the smaller uh, businesses when they are advertised, they, they don't really uh, go uh, get an get an ID regularly. So we're trying to, put, uh, uh, first of all, uh, try to push adoption a little, little bit harder, but also provide some direction on how you can handle these things better, right? So if, if there is no uh, uh, universal ID to support, uh, or if you are on an older version of ASP, which, uh, uh, which is not ideal, of course, for, for this scenario, you still, we still want to provide some guidance on how to better handle that. So I know that with uh, there was VAS and there's VPAID. VPAID has been has had many challenges in, in publisher adoption. We still have a lot of publishers on VAS uh, VAS 2.0, VAS 3. Now the latest version is VAS 4.2, right? Um, so why do you think that the uh, um, I think uh, one one provider that I one one vendor that I've been speaking to, they're seeing about maybe 15% of publishers have adopted VAS 4. Why do you think um, why do you think it hasn't kind of uh, uh, been fully adopted yet? Uh, I think there are a number of reasons. One, the primary one uh, uh, is obviously the, uh, the is that this is one of those things where you you need uh, both sides to kind of uh, uh, synchronize and uh, and and you know make the upgrade together to a certain degree. Uh, that that has been definitely one of the challenges. Uh, the second thing, and I think that's uh, probably the biggest one, is that uh, one of the biggest benefits of moving to VAST uh, to VAST four, uh, and I just use VAST four four point two is obviously the one we should get to. Uh, the one of the biggest benefits to moving to VAST four is the elimination of VPAID, right? And that that's one something that we are you know definitely looking forward to and we put, you know are promoting a lot. But the fact is that without the uh, open measurement for web uh, uh, being released, it, it has been a little bit of a 
uh, tough move. Only the people who uh, don't uh, necessarily focus on that particular use case, folks like who, the folks who need uh, server-side ad insertion, uh, uh, the, 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 the kind of folks who have made that move already and are seeing the benefits. But for more wide, widespread adoption, I do think that uh, getting, vast, uh, getting the open measurement for web is going to be the, the, step, the next step. I, I remember when I was uh, running ad ops at, at Merkle and at Adentu, um one of the biggest things that as a buy side that we can do to push forward is to have the buy side request that their partners uh, upgrade to that, you know, upgrade to that. And so, Eric, do you do you do you feel that the uh, the buy side has done enough to to push that forward or is there still a level of education that needs to go on? Or, you know, well, you know, I think I think what's going to happen is is that the uh, there's going to be a push um, that's going to force everyone to to shift their eyeballs to getting you know, to supporting Vast 4.x, and that's shoppable video. I mean, you look at at the number of presentations; it was easily a, a quarter of all presentations in the new fronts talking about how um, you know brands need to engage more directly with consumers. Shoppable video is a means to do that. And if you think about it, that engagement, that ability to understand the engagement with an ad, that is going to, that is what is, uh, you know, typically it was the original design purpose of VPAID. Obviously it was hijacked for other reasons. And, and so kind of, you know, got off track for, for what it was, what it was supposed to accomplish. Now there's SIMID, right, Amit? And so the ability to really have a purpose built support, uh, you know, standard to support interactivity across all platforms. CTV will come later, obviously, but I think understanding, you know, how consumers are engaging with increasingly direct-to-consumer ad formats that enable that conversation and that that connection, um, you know, the, the industry follows the eyeballs and it follows the money. And it's pretty clear that, that uh, Shoppable is going to be a big driver for that adoption. Now. Uh, given the COVID uh, in epidemic that we have, um, most you know we're hearing that most of that a lot of inventory is being shifted towards video, especially CTV. Um, and I think that you know it, it was interesting. That, I don't know if you guys read the article that came out on I, I think it was on Ad Exchanger around Adobe announcing that they're kind of pulling back from programmatic television. And um, do you, you know? It, it, it was a little bit surprising to, to hear that, given the fact that you know there is so much uh, focus on on need for CTV inventory and so forth. How, you know, do you do you see programmatic uh, video, especially in the CTV space, you know, rising and and you know, where, where, you know, and given fraud um, and concerns for fraud, how do we how do we ensure that you know that the inventory is, is, you know, good quality and uh, hitting the right audiences, you, you know. So kind of your perspective on the programmatic landscape for CTV? Either of you? Um, I, can, I can speak to it. And then, you know, I think the um, what we heard, what we saw and heard from the IAB's um, video ad spend report was interesting because it asked the questions of brands and buyers, brands in particular, about programmatic in-house. So the big driver of, of that, uh, programmatic, I think need, also needs a little bit more specificity. When you say programmatic in the land of connected TV, 
it is not what is not meant is open exchange based RTB based uh, you know marketplace like you see with display. You know, in the CTV world, it is you know TV like super premium inventory, and a majority of that, if it is using programmatic pipes, it tends to be private marketplace. And even beyond that, the majority of the inventory is still sold on a reserve basis, you know, often with an upfront, you know, new front conversation. So I think the growth of programmatic on the in on on the brand side is really interesting because that points again to the importance of first party data and using that data as an enterprise value. So I think you'll continue to see more brands taking ownership of, of um, their ad serving data, their engagement data, because it increases their understanding of their campaign and their, and their consumer. So that's going to continue. Whether programmatic in the large exchange-based sense will start to take place more and more in OTT and CTV, that's kind of a marketplace dynamic uh, issue. I think it's more EVOD inventory enters the mix and the need for monetization uh, will continue to grow across the long tail. Programmatic will, only, will, will, will continue. It also will raise the importance of managing the marketplace and managing the supply chain because when you don't understand where some an ad is showing up, therein enters the opportunity for fraud. So, um, you know, I, I think it's something that has to be watched more carefully. But defining programmatic, I think that's a good thing to start with. And then, uh, you know, I think there's ways to, to improve the, mark, the uh, supply chain. Mitt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, Angie, what do you, you hit exactly the two uh, points which I think uh, uh, the ent this entire uh, industry is going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, figuring out, if you will, right? So one is uh, identity and the second thing is uh, ad fraud. Right. So identity, uh, uh, obviously, we have the uh, the big uh, uh, privacy uh, uh, concerns uh, as uh, obviously there's a demand for uh, being uh, being able to target better, being able to measure better and all that. But there's also the question of the, that's the, that's the uh, push, if you will. And the pull is obviously the uh, uh, privacy part of it. Right. So you, you, we still as an industry, I think, are trying to figure out what the best path is uh, around all this. And secondly, uh, on, this, on the same topic, uh, if you think about uh, CTV, it's still a comparatively new space, right? Uh, if you right. think about the uh, IFA for uh, uh, CTV devices guidance that we released, that was just uh, maybe two years ago at, at, at best, right? And so that is something, and we, uh, of course, we're already you know, talking about uh, the end of the IDFA and all that from, uh, from the Apple conversation, but, the fact is that you, I, uh, on OTT and CTV devices, it's still kind of new. It's something that is still uh, you know being built through. Uh, all that we're going with all that is that uh, the whole identity part of it, I think, it has to be figured out, uh, and that that's probably what's causing a little bit of the turmoil in the space. Uh, probably the uh, uh, the other part is the uh, from an ad fraud point of view. Uh, uh, right now, uh, it. it if in order for uh, the CTV OTT inventory to really uh, scale and you know be truly available via programmatic, the ad fraud concerns have to be met, right? So you right now it's not a huge deal for for most people because it's all still you know contained within uh, you know private marketplaces and so on. But for it to really become big and programmatic, those concerns have to be addressed. And we do have some initiatives going on on that front as well, right? So we have the uh, app ad strut txt for CTV uh, uh, guidance that we, uh, we that we believe should be done pretty soon. Uh, uh, and th there is there are efforts. Uh, we were working with the uh, orgs like Tag as well 
to help you know uh, with, with the IBT front and so on. So there, there are a lot of uh, lot of things going on, on on that front as well, which I think will help uh, with the space. Yeah, I, I think one of the challenges that we have is that many of the suppliers or the uh, direct providers that we're talking about, um, the the level of data con uh, the the data consistency is pretty lacking, right? So each platform, each each provider has their own unique set right. of data structure. And so, do you do you think that we'll get to a point where um, where we will uh, be able to establish some standards through the work that you guys are doing? I know that there are a lot of trade organizations uh, that I've been participatory in that are, are trying to solve a lot of the, the uh, approaches to uh, multi-touch attribution, cross-media attribution, but would love to hear from the technical perspective. Do you, you, know, do you foresee uh, any time in the near future a way to really standardize data sets across uh, all these different providers? Oh, that's that's a really difficult question to be perfectly honest. Right, it's is one of those things where we are kind of uh, watching the uh, uh, the plane being built as we're flying it. Right, so the, the 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 there are I think there are components like the IFA which are, are, are uh, the the standards that are definitely getting uh, more and more adoption and more and more probably more importantly consistent adoption. Right, so uh, it's not uh, not a question of each uh, platform doing it, its own thing in, in a silo. Uh, it's actually amazing how many different requests I've been getting uh, over the last couple of months around. Okay, can we get our IFA included uh, in in the list and make sure that uh, you know it follows all the things that they that we're talking about? The same thing with the application IDs, right? So uh, the concept of app IDs has been uh, uh, kind of all over the place uh, uh, on the CTB front, and now it's getting a little more standardized. Which will also help with uh, with things. So uh, I, I don't know if I can really make a prediction on uh, exactly what will happen, but I'm I'm, I'm reasonably confident that uh, most of the people in the space understand the value of standards and and you know, having a consistent uh, 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 me you know, mechanism for doing pretty much anything really, uh, and will uh, and we will head in that direction rather than trying to have uh, individual siloed uh, uh, solutions. I think one question that Eric and I have uh, have um, we've talked about several times is around you know met, uh, you know measurement the kind of will we be able to achieve nirvana um, and so um, being able to uh, to help marketers understand what's actually happening with their campaigns what you know what 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 kind of impact it, that it's having on sales or user engagement and uh, um, I, I, you know, what I find interesting is that, uh, and we talked about this, that I, I feel like maybe seven years ago, we were in a really good state, at least from a digital perspective, to get a lot of the information. Um, we had a lot of information at our fingertips, like user ID and our, uh, and our ad server file. Uh, there are still some ad servers that, that do provide that today. Um, but the, the idea of being able to map your digital, uh, uh, digital data to uh, actual people uh, in their CRM databases. Um, I feel like that, you know, we were just at the uh, at the tip of, of being able to solve for that. Um, but then Google made some changes. Apple made a lot of changes, um, including the inability to do cross-site tracking and uh, um, uh, uh, limiting post view. Uh, Eric, do you, do you hear from brands where, are they looking at, at at 
video data as part of their digital camp uh, digital initiatives or as part of their linear or, or are they kind of doing a hybrid do, do you have a sense of how they're actually trying to figure out how much budget to allocate towards uh, towards digital video and CTV and so, and so forth well the, the interesting trend that we saw um, again the video ad spend uh, study that we did was we asked specific questions about convergence, you know, that notion of digital and linear coming together. And um, buyers and brands were all really quite bearish about their ability to take, to reorg their their teams to be much more holistically focused and much more, you know, ultimately about understanding, you know, the combination. So um, I, I think that that is a sign that, that uh, Markets will follow, you know, they already are. Brand, the, the, the buyers are looking, or sorry, the brands are looking for understanding the consumer wherever they are. And so the notion of a, here's a linear budget, here's a digital budget, I think that that will continue to, to fall away because the reality is that's not how consumers behave. And uh, understanding media and advertising is all about understanding the eyeballs and what they're doing. Actually, Angie, if, if, if I can ask a question uh, to you. Uh, so uh, uh, you, you've been working uh, on a whole host of uh, measurement-related initiatives. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, you know, what you're seeing, uh, especially with your conversations with other orgs like uh, MRC and, and such, what, the, what kind of direction uh, uh, we're headed in? I, I think that there's a lot of unknown right now, uh, given the state of privacy and consumer data. Um, there, there seems to be, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of people are realizing that the, the, the level of granularity that they're getting today may not be available in a few years. So I see a convergence of taking some of the traditional ways that we measure television being applicable to digital. Um, so leveraging uh, possibly first party audiences or first party server side data being able to extrapolate some insights across uh, across uh, their behavior, uh, who they are, and so forth, and apply it towards and extrapolate it to a much larger audience. Um, so the level, the I think brands will get frustrated, and because there's I know of several that have taken lots of efforts to take their server side log data, married up with their first party audiences uh, and their first party data, including their site analytics, and really trying to create user profiles off of that. And this notion of being able to kind of connect the dots and really see how exposure data impacts sales on the back end, either offline or through a long uh, purchasing cycle in some cases. Uh, and I think they're going to realize that the types of data that they're getting now is going to be, uh, is, is going to change. And I think one of the things that we need to do is be able to identify what sets of data that we will be able to collect and figure out mechanisms that will enable uh, some sort of modeling of that data. Uh, a lot of the browsers are talking about, or even, even browsers and, and platforms are talking about inserting noise into the data sets. So the uh, prohibiting the ability to fingerprint or stitch audiences. So I think we need to prepare for that. And, and a lot of the trades are, are looking at what current data sets are available now, trying to figure out what those gaps are, at least for the current state. And then as it evolves to uh, kind of uh, 
evolve into into what that might look like. But there's a lot of work that needs to get done right now to map all these different data sets and, and the way that the pipes or the, the wires are crossed because it is so inconsistent. And there's even though that we have MRC standards, there's still several different uh, uh, data points that are being collected that are, that are not accredited or that are not standardized, including the ways that we calculate things across different channels. If you think about video on social, uh, being able to ascertain insights from uh, video engagement within a social platform is much more limited than, than you see in, in a video ad that is in the programmatic environment. So that's that's kind of what I'm hearing. But, you know, I'm pretty optimistic that we'll come to some sort of um, maybe not one methodology, but several different approaches that will be very creative. So um, some exciting things that are happening uh, by, by various companies out there. Can I make a prediction? Uh, okay, make a prediction. <laughs> so I, I think especially as the privacy landscape becomes more um, you know, concerning, I would expect, you mentioned modeling, and the flip side of that is deterministic. I think that you're going to have, there's planning, there's measurement for planning, and there's measurement for proving it, right? So I think that, that modeling, buyers are going to be okay with modeling to understand where consumers are in general to inform the plan. I think when it comes to proving it, that's where the first party and deterministic data, you can't, there's no substitute. You know, there is no substitute for understanding a transaction. So I think you'll start to see what's good enough for the plan and what's necessary for the, for the, for the uh, post-sale or the post-conversion analysis. That's where things will start to converge or, or diverge. You'll have modeling versus deterministic, depending on the use. Yep. That's just a prediction. Well, that, yeah. well, guys, we are at time. We're three minutes over, so we're getting the, the notice to wrap up. Sure. So I really Thanks, appreciate guys. you guys doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll close it off. <laughs> I'll close Thank it you. off, but you know, hopefully we'll have another, uh, another session like this, because this is, I think, really helpful. Um, Okay, so on tomorrow's IAB there, we are very excited to welcome Ag Colony's uh, Matt Barish and IAB Tech Lab's Alex Cohn, where they'll be discussing getting in the hands and minds of consumers. IAB there is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ant, John Ward, Kari Villanueva, and Twafiga Mohinadin. I'm Angelina Ang. Thanks for watching. Come back tomorrow because if it's 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, you know it's time to IAB there. Thanks a lot, guys.